So last week, Wynn and I were in uh, New York City. We don't need that slide yet, Mary. We can just have a title slide up there. It's going crazy. All right, well, then leave it up there. Uh, Wynn and I were in New York City. And uh, have, have you been to New York City? Some of you have. Um, I had never been to New York City. Wynn has been many times, which was a huge blessing to me that Wynn had been there many times. We flew into Newark and we, we took the train over and we came up out of Penn Station and uh, walked into all of humanity waiting for us on the streets and all of the buildings around us. Uh, I, I would not have known which way uh, to go. I have a couple of maps. I don't know if they'll come up uh, that I brought for you. One is a map of Manhattan. No? Maybe. There it is. Uh, so yeah, I know you can't really see that, but that's exactly how I felt when I came out of uh, Penn Station, not knowing which way to go. The other map is a map of the subway system. Uh, again, Um, I would not have known. If it weren't for Wynn, who is a seasoned New York veteran, I would probably still today be wandering around the subway uh, trying to figure out which way to go. I'm so grateful for Wynn being present to guide me and lead me through New York City. And I am ever more grateful that in this uh, life that we live, in all the paths that we have uh, to walk, that we have a guide who knows all of the paths, and who knows our hearts and is willing to lead us in the right path, lead us in paths of righteousness if we're willing to follow. I wonder if you are walking on paths where God is leading you or if you're just wandering around trying to find your way on your own. Let us pray. Lord, I pray today that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us. Let it take hold of us and transform us, that we would be renewed by your spirit. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If I can get that first slide, the first couple of verses of Psalm 23, we're continuing our series, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Notice the setup of these first couple of verses, the progression. It starts out with who God is and who we are. And it's really not so much about us being dumb sheep as it is about the relationship between us and the shepherd, about the dependence that we have upon the shepherd, about our trust and our life being found in the Lord. That's really what that sets us up for, understanding that God is God and we are not. And yet God will guide us and lead us as the shepherd guides and leads the sheep. We shall not want with God as our shepherd. We will not lack anything that we need. The shepherd sees us and hears us and knows us and cares for us so deeply so as to make us lie down and rest. And when we have been made to lie down and rest and our soul has been restored, then we have been recentered. We're grounded in such a way that now we are ready for the next verse. Now we're ready to be led. 
The second part of verse 3, he leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Pay attention here too. He leads me, right? Any good English teachers out there want to diagram that sentence, right? It's not, I'm, I'm not the one leading. The shepherd leads me. And keeping that straight makes all the difference in the world. The good shepherd will always lead us. The good shepherd cares about where we are and where we are going and where the good shepherd wants us to go. His job is to lead us in right paths or paths of righteousness. Our job is to follow. The only thing that gets in the way of us following where the shepherd leads is our own stubbornness of heart, our own willfulness. The shepherd guides. That's his job. The shepherd is never unwilling to lead us. It is only we who are unwilling to be led. Where is the shepherd leading us? Shepherd leads us in right paths or in paths of righteousness. Righteousness is not about being right. It's about being in right relationship. It's about doing the right thing. Now, these paths of righteousness, these right paths, are not always the paths that are beside the still waters or the paths that are lush with, with green pasture. Sometimes you know very well that our paths are in the midst of storms and wind and rain. Sometimes our paths are on barren, rocky, steep terrain. Sometimes our paths are anything but by still waters. The storms of our lives are ever-present. And sometimes our paths are not in uh, light and sunshine and uh, blue skies, but through the darkness, and even, as we will look next week, through the valley of the shadow of death. But whatever path we're on, if we're following the shepherd, we're on the right path. Whatever path we're on, if we are following the shepherd, it is the right path. It is our way home. It is our way into the fullness of God. Even if the path we're on doesn't make sense to us where we stand on the path, if we're following the shepherd, it is the right path. To be led in paths of righteousness requires from us a surrender of self, a surrender of control over where the path might go. It requires a trust in the one who is leading us, a willingness to be taught and a willingness to wait on God. And other, another verse in the Psalm from Psalm 25 says this, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are my, the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. And then in Proverbs, a favorite text, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. If uh, we are anything, 
We are a people who like to rely on our own insight. If we are anything, we like our people who, who think that our thoughts about how things should happen are the right thoughts. If we are anything, we are ones who continue to falsely believe we know what's best for us over and above what the shepherd knows is best for us. Much like uh, our children when they are young, when they insist on knowing the right way to do something or what is the best thing for them, they don't have the perspective that we as parents do. As sheep following the shepherd, we don't have the same perspective as the shepherd does, the shepherd who invites us to follow. We are a people who fiercely guard our need to be in control of our destiny. And we fiercely defend our need to be right. But here's the thing. If we are dead set on being right, on taking credit for our journey and for the path that we're on, for trusting ourselves more than we trust God, then our paths will never be straight. The verse in Proverbs says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. If we insist on being right and on being in control and on calling all the shots, our, our paths will never be straight. And yet that's when we talk about what we want. We want a clear path, right? We want to go the way God plans for us. But we ourselves get in the way of following where he leads. You know, Bob Lively is a remarkable uh, human being with a, a great story. We've been using, this is the second edition of his book on Psalm 23, God Help Me Through the Day. Um, It's very, very similar to his Psalm 23, God's prescription for our pain. Bob's going to be here on June 3rd. It's a Sunday evening at 5 o'clock here to share his story about how his life has been transformed by Psalm 23. And uh, I want to just encourage you to put that on your calendars and and come and, and spend that time with us. But he talks about the transformation that takes place when we allow God to lead us. With him as our guide... We find ourselves willing to step into the marketplace and into our professional and personal relationships with a new perspective that encourage us to focus only on one thing, doing what's right. Prior to our encounter with the shepherd and for the whole of our lives before the perspective we gained by being made to lie down, And long before we found ourselves in a place where we might learn for the first time what it meant to listen, we were far more invested in being right than we were much interested in doing what is right. But strangely, being right no longer possesses the power it once held over our every decision. Today, we, to our astonishment, find ourselves dedicated to doing what is right rather than in proudly working to convince ourselves and the whole and the world that we are right. I invite you just to let that sink in. We live in a country 
that seems to value being right. You and I, we've been together, most of us, many of us, for 13 years now. And so you know that rarely will I ever make any kind of political statement from the pulpit. I value and respect that within this room and within this congregation, where we stand and what we believe politically is a spectrum that is as wide as we can imagine. And for me, that's the beauty, that diversity and and that beauty is a beautiful part of what it means to be here in this place. It is the fullness of the body of Christ. I know that we don't agree on all of those things. That's part of the gift that we bring to the table when we come into this space to worship is that we all come as children of God. We all come united in Christ. At the same time, my heart breaks when our insistence on being right politically gets in the way of being in right relationship with God and in right relationship with one another or gets in the way of doing the right thing. No matter where you stand on issues of gun control, mental health, funding of schools, security and safety within our schools or with any of our institutions, no matter where you stand on parenting styles and responsibility, there is absolutely no reason for what is happening now in ways that we're not even surprised anymore. There is absolutely no reason for that to be happening. The children who have died are not someone else's children. They're our children. They're children who will never see their graduation, will never have their opportunity to lead in the world. As a nation, and dare I say, even as the institution of the church in some cases, we all, on all sides, we are so determined to be right that being right has become more important than being in right relationship, more important than doing the right thing, more important perhaps even than life itself. And so in this time of worship for 10 seconds, I want us just to be still. And remember that what happened yesterday doesn't have to happen. doesn't have to happen because we have a savior who has died for all of us that we might walk in paths of righteousness of being in right relationship and doing the right thing the shepherd leads us on right paths for his namesake not for our own sake not for us to be known or be made famous not for our namesake not to draw attention to us 
not for our success or achievement of power or position, but for his name's sake. As we are led on these paths of righteousness, it is for someone and something much greater than us. And it is for the sake of the one whose name is Wonderful Counselor, who will provide wisdom. Mighty God, who will demonstrate power. Everlasting Father, who is faithful to his children. Prince of Peace, a peace that is is shalom, that is a wholeness and a fullness of life. It is in the name of the one who is love, agape love personified, agape love that is that sacrificial love that is always looking out for the highest good of the other. We are led on right paths, on paths of righteousness for the kingdom of God for the reign of Christ, for the transformation of the world as we're willing to give up self that is ego and pride and need to be in control and need to be right. To be led on paths of righteousness is to surrender that to the one who leads us in love. And this happens only by the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit I think it's pretty Holy Spirit-like that today we're celebrating Pentecost in light of recent events, in light of where we are in this text. Out of Acts 2, the first few verses, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, the disciples. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Next slide. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Friends, we don't all speak the same native language, but the language of love transcends all of the languages we know. The language of love transcends the languages that are familiar to us, and it doesn't make those other languages wrong. The power of love, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit allows us to be one, even in our differences. I wonder, do we insist on being right? Or are we willing to give up being right in order to do the right thing? This verse out of Psalm 23 might be one of the most challenging for us in this whole text. As long as we insist on being right, As long as we insist on being right, we cannot be in right relationship with God. And I think it's likely, as long as we insist on being right, we cannot be in right relationship with one another. We will not be able to be led on paths of righteousness. We will simply keep insisting on our own way until we hit a dead end 
or until we hit rock bottom and are forced to make a different choice. The Holy Spirit is always willing to guide us on the right path, always willing for us, no matter what path we're on, to make the way home for us, but will never force us to follow. If we do choose to follow, it means that we will wrestle with what it means to live in America right now. As good and determined and ego-driven and self-interested and fear-motivated and power-hungry need-to-be-right Americans, this is tough for us. All, all of us. I'm in the same boat. This is tough. But I suspect that what we have forgotten or what we fail to see and believe is that God created us in God's image and called us very good. And God has a purpose, a good purpose, and a plan for us that is grounded in being in right relationship with God and with one another. The invitation to be led by God is not so that God can control us or punish us or keep tabs on us or, or force us into one way or another. It is to help us understand and grasp how very deeply and completely God loves us, all of us, each of us. And when we can begin to lean into that understanding of who we are, then doing the right thing becomes much more preferable to being right. The need to and the insistence upon being right is exhausting because you're always in a posture of defensiveness, waiting for someone to challenge you. The willingness to be led on paths of righteousness, of right relationship, is life-giving, and it is a posture of openness, of freedom, of trust, and of respect. It is a posture of placing our hand in the hand of the Good Shepherd. This image of Jesus... Go on to the next image, the image of Jesus leading us. We can be fully confident that Jesus leads us in right paths, that Jesus' love for us and care for us is so deep and so tender that the Good Shepherd is never going to lead us in a place that's not good for us and will never lead us in a place where he hasn't already gone and where he journeys with us. I wonder today, what would it look like for you to simply place your hand in the hand of Jesus and let Jesus, who is our good shepherd, lead you on right paths, for his name's sake. Let us pray. Loving and holy God, as we come to worship, we're reminded that you call us as the body of Christ to be one. And sometimes when we come into this space, that feels pretty easy to do. 
But when we leave this space and we go back to our own lives and our own ways and our own thoughts, sometimes it's very easy for us to be more divided than we think we are. We cannot even begin to fathom your grief and your sorrow over the events of yesterday and the ongoing events in which innocent lives are taken. We wish that we were still shocked by such events. We're saddened that it is such a a normal occurrence. Lord, help us surrender our need to be right so that we can join together with the body of Christ to do the right thing. Help us surrender our ego and our pride so that we can be in conversation with people who speak different languages so that we can come together for the common good that is grounded in your goodness and in your power and in your presence. Lord, help us place our hand in yours, surrendering ourselves to be led by you, trusting that you will lead us in right paths for your name's sake. And that as we do that, the fullness of life and the joy of life and the power of walking with you will be light and hope that transforms the world around us. Oh Lord, hear our prayers this day. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.